Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome back to the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Yak Gadget. For all your kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. Pelican cases, coolers, and lighting. Go to pelican.com. The 153 Bait Company. For all your hard and soft bait needs, go to the153anglers.com. Now let's get this show started. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Mindset Podcast. I'm your host Chris Slifka, and before, yeah, and before we get into today's guest, I wanted to make a few announcements. Uh, first, you gotta sign up for the fantasy fishing on the Paddle and Fin Network. I know I still gotta sign up. I missed the first event. I need to get in before this Lake Fork event starts. And then also, we'll be down on April 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. I believe the tournament's 2nd and 3rd at Dale Hollow um, at Eastport Marina. So we'll be down there. Entry is $80. If you get in before March 1st, you get free primitive camping. And, yeah, I believe we... Checked all the boxes there, and we're going to bring in our guest, Brian Schiller, who was just down at Kissimmee. How you doing, Brian? What up, brother? How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Um, so, like I was telling everybody, you were just down at Kissimmee at a hard tournament. You know, you went down there to escape the tundra, <laughs> and it, it kind of followed you down there. I- I'm blaming it on the Northeast guys. Like yeah. they, they had uh, way worse weather coming down there uh, than than I did. So, um, yeah, it did kind of follow down there. Some heavy winds. Um, you know, they what was it? I think the news said it was like that weekend was the coldest it had been in Florida in four or five years now or something. So, um, yeah, definitely wasn't ideal conditions. Yeah, I, I get that. <laughs> I, I heard a, a couple uh, – I heard you on the OG show before you guys – it was like probably around practice time, I would say. Yeah. And then I heard you on the fantasy uh, fishing podcast that you and Dan do afterwards. Yeah. And before, you guys weren't even thinking about fishing the tournament because the weather. 
Yeah, yeah, that was why we were down there, like, because uh, I was uh, bunked up with uh, Jimmy Skinner, and um, you know, we were kind of we did the OG show live from down there, and Jay was back at home, and you know, it was like, man, do we like bail on this and like go down south and uh, see uh, our man Nicholas Beltran and go try catching some peacocks or something like that, like. You know, but I committed, you know, like this is uh, this year KBF brought the pro tour back. So, um, you know, uh, one thing I had to do if they brought it back was was fish a couple of the events, kind of see how it goes. And, uh, you know, I had talked about it on previous podcasts, like Chicago Fishing Show usually overlaps at Kissimmee events. So. Um, this year Chicago fishing show got canceled. So I was like, let's go, you know, cause if not, I'd be heading to fork right now. Like that was my plan originally was to, you know, go to Lake fork, fish the bass event. I was going to kind of focus on bass events, but, um, you know, I was like, ah, you know, 10 invitational I'm, I'm eligible to fish that. So why not just go to Kissimmee? I mean, who doesn't want to fish Florida in January when you're from, you know the frozen north and uh so i uh you know just uh decided to you know go ahead go for it and uh unfortunately the weather didn't participate yeah i mean that kind of that hurts though to go down there knowing it's normally 70 to 80 degrees on average and then have that have well and that's the thing right like they had a cold snap come through the week before and then it warmed up and it was like some mid 70s you know high 60s like pre-fishing i got down there wednesday afternoon i got there at noon wednesday and i think it got up to like 68 69 degrees then thursday friday got up in like right around 70 and then bam tournament day temperature drops and i think it was like mid 30s but the wind was the big crucial factor for day one was uh you know 20 to 25 mile an hour winds with up to 40 mile an hour gust which you know can get pretty nautical if you're out on the main lake so yeah i mean i've florida some i've always wanted to go fish and uh I know that's one of the reasons Jimmy went down there. So, I mean, I have no clue other than, like, what it looks like down there other than seeing videos and everything. But Well, and that that was one thing, right? Like, I'm huge into doing research and looking at, at lakes before I go to them if I've never been there before. And uh, I got a good friend of mine up this way um, who used to kind of live down that way. <laughs> And he's got a bunch of buddies that live down that way. And I said, you know, what should I be looking for? And he said, I'll tell you right now, the biggest problem with the Kissimmee chain is everything looks good. And like, I was like, yeah, okay. You know, like I, I get that. And then like, I got there and I was like, everything looks good. Like everything. (laughs) So it was, it was, it was really hard. Like, Cause you'd have to fish through areas to see if there was any fish there. Uh, I mean, like you're talking like lily pads, Kissimmee grass reeds, um, 
you know, like combination of all the above or isolated, you know, lily pad patches or isolated Kissimmee grass patches. Like um, there was rock, there was, there was timber brush in the, in the water. And like, you'd have to fish through all that stuff. And like, you'd fish all that stuff, wouldn't find a fish. And then you go to a different area and fish the same stuff and you would find fish. So it was like really weird. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Florida and California are very similar in that aspect of like, at least they're the ones, the lakes that are talked about. Where... See, I, I don't know about that though. Right. Cause like I, I watched, you know, like we were talking about, you were just watching a Greg <laughs> Blanchard video, you know, like I look at his videos and you could see those defined differences, like where the grass is or the hydrilla or where the rocks are. I mean, some of those reservoirs, yeah, like it's it's a lot of depth changes and stuff. But if you look for the gravel or the rock, it seems like you would find them out there. And again, I've never fished California, but, you know, just from what I've seen, I would I would think that now in Florida, you have like the whole lake looks like that. Like there's no open water. It's all grass, you know, like. And don't get me wrong, there is some open water, but I'm talking like hundreds of yards, even like some points I bet, like I know down on the south side of Kissimmee, me and Jimmy went down there one day to pre-fish. And I think from one side of the lake to the other, which is probably a mile, it's all grass and pads and the stuff I'm talking about. So it's just like, where, where do you start? And, and and not only that, but like um, you'll hear too, like a lot of those lakes down there are big flats or big like bowls almost. Like yeah, that's what you hear no, about Okeechobee all the time. Yeah, yeah. There's no like really defined like points or things like that. Like there is some of that on Kissimmee, and there was one spot I had eyed on the map, but there was no close ramp to get there. Like it. And if I would have went there tournament day, I'd probably be swimming in the middle of Kissimmee right now. Like, cause I would have had to roll through some of that stuff. Um, but the closest ramp I think was like three miles, four miles from that spot. I wanted to look at where it was a point. There was some transition that was like shallow water, close to deep water, um, a lot of grass. And like, that's a lot of the stuff that they tell you to look for. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's tough, man. Like you get out there and you're just like, you, you got to just start pitching through this grass and these mats and, and just try to find where schools of fish are huddled up at. Yeah. Well, it's how, how long has it been since your last tournament? Oh, like sh- shit. Well, <laughs> I mean, last year I did like jump into the, uh, uh, the team tournament at that uh paddle and fin hosted down at dale hollow but i was just fun fishing and participating uh just donate money and uh drive up you know the prize pool for for the other folks fishing um i mean like serious tournament where i like really took it serious was geez it was probably like 2019 no I think I fished one in 2020, uh, one of the Wisconsin clubs, 
Um, I think I fished a tournament up on Fox Lake, and I think that was in 2020. So I'm pretty sure COVID was going down then. So that was probably the last, like, serious tournament I did. And I think I took, like, I think it was, like, seventh or eighth out of, like, 38 guys or something like that. Yeah. How did it feel to be back? Well, pre-fishing-wise. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, you know, it's funny. Like, me and Jimmy had a lot of conversations about it. Like, um. I was trying to treat it as I'm just down here to have fun and fish. Whereas before I was like, back in the day, I used to be just like super laser focused on like, just, oh, I got to win. I got to get angler or the AOI points and stuff like that. And that, and I've talked about this on the podcast. And I think I even mentioned this on the last show I did with you. Like mm-hmm. that really mentally uh, messed with me. And I, like it made fishing not fun. It, it, uh, made me stop fishing and focused on those other things. And to me, that's not what it's all about. You know what I mean? And so I went down there with the mindset that like, you know, I'm just going to go down here have fun. If I get a good finish, great. If not, oh, well, I got to come down and fish open water in January, uh, while at home is a frozen tundra. So, I, I kind of had a more relaxed approach to it. Like, you know, that day one when the winds were ridiculous and like, I thought my spot would be predicted or protected from like what they were predicting the winds would be, but they were more out of the like North Northeast rather than the Northwest. So it blew my spot out. And, uh, you know, basically I was like pre-fishing during the tournament, which, um, you know, I had fished some of these areas that I ended up fishing during the tournament and, you know, I caught one fish and, you know, at the end of the day, I was like, oh, well, like I caught a fish. And when I went, me and Jimmy were like looking at the standings, like, and saw like half the field zeroed only like 24, 25 limits or whatever it was, man. Um, Cause I don't know if that was the official, but when we looked at it, it was like 24 or 25 limits were caught. And I was just like, I guess I did did okay for catching a fish, you know. Like a lot of people had had to retreat from those spots they had, not only in like the areas I was fishing, like, but other areas across the chain. And uh, I know um, one of my Yak Edge teammates, uh, Michael Daughtry, was down there, and he's like, you know. Uh, it looks like you had a rough day too, you know, sent me a message and I was like, yeah, it wasn't great. You know, like was what it was And uh, one of my new canoe teammates, uh, Buzz Byerline, like he, he's from Florida and I saw him, uh, we went up and pre-fished on Lake Gentry the one day uh, before the, the day before the tournament. And I saw him at the ramp and I'm like, how are you doing? Are you catching him? He's like, I still can't figure it out up here. Like, I don't get it. He's from a little further southern, South Florida, but he's like, I'm struggling too, man. Like, I don't, I don't know. And, and that was a consensus in Kissimmee on social media, all that stuff. Like you were seeing that, like it, it wasn't just us that was struggling. It was, it was everybody as a whole. <laughs> there were some guys that were on them. Um, some guys just have the magical touch. Like Guillermo Gonzalez flies in, didn't even plan to fish the tournament, gets on a 
stand up paddle board and smokes us all, you know? So like, you know, I guess when you got the hands of God holding your fishing rod, <laughs> like, you know, what are you going to do? But, uh, yeah. yeah, it was brutal. It, it was brutal overall, but like at the end of the day, like I look at it and like, even like I came back early, I skipped day two, um, just because I saw the temperatures were going to be worse. And, you know, like me and Jimmy were talking after day one, I'm like, do I really want to do this again tomorrow? Like, it's going to be even colder. It's going to be even worse. Everybody knows usually with those cold temps, like Florida fish typically shut down. So I'm like, I could fish that tomorrow or I could pack up the truck, leave tonight, be home tomorrow, save a vacation day for later on in the season. Um, and uh and not freeze my butt off and catch no fish tomorrow <laughs> yeah so, I get I mean, you it, it, it's one of those things like i get it because like back in the day when i used to run the tournament stuff pretty hard like i had my own business so like i could pick up and leave whenever i wanted which was great um i made a career change in 2020 the 2020 yeah 2020 i think it was uh maybe it was 2021 but um no it's 2020 made a career change and you know now i got limited time off you know i only get three weeks a year so um i gotta pick and choose what i want to do right so like you know yeah i could have stayed maybe won that trail series number two but i had no shot at the pro series the 10 invitational you know those things but um yeah i could have had a shot at trail number two but on the flip side it's like let's be real with myself right like yeah uh, at that point you're uh, for me at that point i would be fighting for angler of the year points yeah i mean which in that type of tournament environment yeah yeah i mean that's what everybody wants, right? AOI points, especially in KBF, because look at the 10, you know, if you end up in the top 10, you, you get invited to this, one of the most prestigious events in kayak bass fishing. And, um, you know, that'd be great. Um, but not only that, but like you said, AOI points in the pro series, like, cause they're making it from this year forward. Um, you got to qualify for, uh, uh, to, to be eligible to fish the pro series through your finish or ranking in, in that pro tour and, or the trail series. So, you know, it's like, I, I already bombed out on that pretty much. So, you know, what's the point? Let's, let's save a day, put it towards another tournament later in the season and, you know, make up for it and have a way better finish. Yeah, I agree there. So, um so you only ended up with one fish on saturday yeah one fish. I... one sixteen and a half monster <laughs> <laughs> well i was asking because when i looked at the i looked at the standings sunday sunday night and it said you had three okay. it said you had 31 inches that's why i was kind of when you're like i only caught one fish i was kind of confused so i don't know if that's uh, weird I don't know if fishing chaos has something wrong, but it, it, that's weird <laughs> that you say that because um, 
I know in my email it showed that uh, that like um, like three separate emails saying my fish was accepted, but I only sent it submitted it once. So that's weird. I'm I'm gonna pull it up right now while we're yeah. talking. But yeah, I only had one sixteen and a half fish. Um and that was the thing too, right? Like that day one, there was a big boat tournament going on as well. And it was funny, like me and Jimmy were in this channel that connects Hatchahaw to Kissimmee. And we saw these two smaller boats go by and we're like, they'll be back soon. You know, because they were heading to Kissimmee where like the wind was raging and the waves were ridiculous. And uh, sure enough, dude, they came flying back by like 10 minutes later. And uh, it was kind of kind of funny. But, uh, you know, what do you what are you going to do? This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But so uh, you, go ahead. Do you feel like you guys were limited to spaces because of the weather versus if you were going down there and it was just a normal kind of conditions? Yeah. So um, there was uh, uh, there was a lot of other kayakers at launch where we were. Some of them went up to Hatchaha. Some of them went down to Kissimmee. So, like, when the wind kicked up and it was bad, um, we uh, we all ended up back at the marina where we launched and everybody was fishing docks and the shoreline and stuff like that. So, like, at one point, there was probably 10 or 15 kayaks up in the marina. And then there was probably another 10 you know, fishing boats as well. And, uh, yeah, it, it was rough, man. It was really rough. And you were, you were, you know, battling against that. So I'm looking at the standings right now. There was, uh, 27 limits caught. And then Josh Stewart was in 28th place with four fish. 
Oh, somebody was below him with five. Another five. So maybe there was way more limits caught than that. There's one with just four. A lot, just a lot smaller fish. Yeah. So there might have been uh there might have been like 30 limits, but out of 150 entries, that's pretty pretty bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean Florida can uh, like from even like the elite series guys, there's guys who go down there every year and struggle. You know, it's it's one of those hit or miss uh, type of places. I feel like, at least yeah. from what what I hear from everybody who fishes it. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I I mean it's 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 very unique down there, man. Like, not gonna lie, like I I was uh, kind of surprised and. But I'm glad I did it. Like, I've fished in Florida before, um, and uh, it was on uh, Lake Tarpon, which is kind of over on the on the Gulf side almost. And uh, that was like way back in the day. I think it was like 19, and uh, yeah, it was a good time got a huge bass down there was with my old man and uh my brother so it was it was super cool but um yeah other than that yeah it is showing that uh i only caught one 16 and a half fish and out of 100 out of 150 people i ended up ranked 81st so i mean if that says anything like out of 150, you catch one 16 and a half fish, and you're basically middle of the pack. Um, so yeah, but um, but yeah, man. I mean, like I said, man, it's all about the experience. That's what you got to treat it as. Um, you know, I'm I'm not like nowadays. I'm not like super like laser focused on like you know I gotta I gotta win. I gotta you know, win AOI, I got to be the angler of the year, whatever. Like when I lay out a conversation with my father, who's like my biggest fan. Right. And, uh, you know, even my wife and, and some of my close friends, you know, I'm like, what do I have to prove? Like I've proven before, like I can compete at those levels, like go out, have a good finish, show up to a lake. I've never been to put a limit together, and uh you know end up in the top 10 consistently like so you know what's the difference like who am i competing against myself like entering tournaments um i'm the type of guy though that likes to travel around and go to new places and fish new bodies of water and try to figure those fish out so why not have fun doing it rather than having that pressure of tournament you know like gotta win like because i just put up 600 bucks to enter in a weekend full of tournaments. You know what I mean? So I don't know, man, like uh, it's something I like to do for fun. And like when me and Jimmy talked at the beginning of the year, like uh, about fishing some tournaments, like, you know, let's, let's do like one or two KBFs, one or two bass, uh, maybe some all American kayak series. Well, that's the and, one I'm looking into this year. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> You know, I'd love to fish a Hobie event, but like I said, like, I, I like I'm a motor. fat, I'm a fat lazy <laughs> guy, and I like to use motors. Like I do too. Sorry, Hobie. Like <laughs> it, and it sucks because like 
what AJ does and and the whole Hobie event, man, it's uh, it's amazing, and um, they they put together a really great trail and series, but unfortunately, like, doesn't follow my guidelines. So whatever, it is what it is. So um, you know, but um, we kind of looked at that, like, let's go fish all these, man, and then like like Jimmy does a reel down, which is tournament focused. So now like he can be like, yeah, I fished an all American and I know all about it, man. Those guys run a great event. Like, this is why I like it. Blah, 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 blah. You know, same thing with KBF or, or, or going and fishing a Hobie event. Like, you know, they're all different and unique in their own aspects. And I don't think anyone's better than the other. I think they all do a great job. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think it's personal preference and like, true. Yeah. Like I'm looking more into the All American this year just because it's closer. Sure, sure. You know, well, and that's the thing too, right? Like I've talked about it on my show. Like the Midwest got fucked this year. You know, yeah. Because I, mean? like, I wanted to do. I was trying to make make my schedule to fish just all the bass events. Okay. This year, yeah, yeah. none and of then, them are close. And none of them are close. I have to drive at least ten to fifteen hours every yep. single one of them. Yeah. And uh, there's a couple weddings I have this year that I have to go to that also drop on some of their dates. So it's like it, there was too much uh, conflict with it. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is, man. Uh, you know, it's... Uh... <laughs> you know, I mean, because it's, it's like the, the elite guys, I understand. You could drive 15 hours, but you have a chance at 100 grand. We only have a chance at a couple thousand. If we're lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And that's the thing though, right? Like, you know, talking about all the different trails, like you look at some of the best anglers in in the kayak fishing game, they fish all of them. Like you will see a guy or a gal here or there that will only fish bass or only fish Hobie or only fish KBF. But like for the most part, everybody fishes all of them. If they're going to a lake that they like or, or a lake that they would like to fish, you know, or, or all the above. Um, so, I mean, like I said, man, they all have their highs and their lows, their perks, their downfalls. Like, um, I mean, I, I had no qualms or issues with, uh, the way the KBF event went this past weekend. And, uh, you know, Back in 2019, I kind of had a sour taste in my mouth about KBF over the way that um, people were qualified for some of the championships, Um, which it seems like some of that has changed. Um, But now, like, I'm not focused on that stuff, so I I really don't care how they do it. You know, I'm just there to show up, fish, have fun, talk to people. Like I said earlier, you know, like I saw a couple of my other – like sponsorship teammates and and things like that like you know me dude i love talking to people and um that's what it's all about for me is just getting out there mingling and uh shooting the breeze with some like-minded folks and uh just having a good time you know but um yeah i mean you know that stuff going into it so like i really can't be mad about it right like yeah it's it's laid out and it's in plain sight whereas i think a lot of people don't read into that stuff right and and i was one of those people um you know i would 
back in the end of 2019, I was kind of vocal about it on the podcast platform. Like, you know, I fished all these events and uh, there was a guy that fished one event close to his house, did well. So therefore he qualified for the championship. Whereas I spent all this time, money and energy to fish all these events. And uh, now I got to give up some of my money that was held out of those prize pools going up for these championships for a dude that only fished one event like i felt kind of robbed but yeah. on the flip side of that right kbf's a business it's an organization it's a business they have to draw crowds so if that means like they have a lesser qualification to get into their events so they can go hey joe's fishing company like you should sponsor with us because we draw uh this many anglers to our events so be it like it's no brainer it's a business i agree with that so you know and it was in plain english writing like this is what it takes to qualify for this event and this is what it takes to qualify for this event and like i saw that so like i guess i didn't think about it till i was put in that position you know what i mean so i really have nothing i could actually complain about looking back on it like i've become older and wiser and you know more realistic to what what this whole thing is right yes i mean there's a lot of people and a lot of different things that do that where it's like in the moment they feel a certain way and then once they take time and think about it sure it's always oh well you know that was supposed to happen or I, I mean, like you look at the national championship through KBF, right? And and Chad has been super honest and upfront with that. It, it's a spectacle event, right? Like that's why you see so many people uh, qualified to fish that event, right? Um, which is great, dude. It's it that's a great thing for our sport when you can go. There's an event every year that draws anywhere between 300 and 700 anglers that's that's huge and the prize pools are huge right um whereas um you know hobie toc that gets talked about a lot because that's like the best of the best battling it out and uh which is pretty true you know like that's a pretty prestigious event just like the 10 like you know, the 10, you have to do good all year, plus that national championship where you're competing against hundreds of anglers in order to make your way into that 10 house, right? Um, and it's the same thing on the on the Hobie TOC. You have to fish all year in order to qualify. One thing, like, I've thought about and looking at it, and I, I again, haven't really dove deep into it, but I one thing I would have to guess, and and it's pretty true for before the new format for this year, like, you know, because it was uh, your best three events, right? Like, yeah. well, mm-hmm. how many people actually fish three events in the Hobie series? Because you would see a lot of people fish one or two, and, that, and then that was basically it. And it seemed like the ones that actually fished three or more made it into that TOC. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I could be wrong too. Like I said, I haven't looked at the numbers or the, the scores or how many people entered all those tournaments, but you know, it's the same way with like KBF and the AOI, you know, like I know when I went hard at it, like, uh, 
I fished all but one event in the central trail division and, um, you know, ended up great with AOI points and, uh, angler of the year points overall throughout the you, nation. you almost had rookie of the year too, right? Uh, I was, year. I mean, I was close. That was, uh, that was the year that, uh, uh, Derek Brundle won and he kind of came out of nowhere. Like nobody knew who Derek Brundle was like from the rest of the country. They probably knew who he was in the Northeast, but it was like me, Sam Jones, Derek Brundle. And, uh, there was a guy from California in that mix. Like, I don't know. I was like fifth or sixth you know going towards rookie out of the rookies i was ranked like fifth or sixth i think um so like that was close and then i think i ended up like 36 or 37th overall out of the nation for aoy mm-hmm. points you know so like but i fished a lot of events and if you scroll through that aoy standings like you know it shows like number of events and the scores that you know count or whatever like once you get past a hundred, a lot of them only fished one, maybe two events, you know? So yeah, that's... it's something to look at and consider in that aspect. Like if you're going to go at it, go hard, fish as many events as possible. And that's going to give you better chances. And now with Hobie's changes, like, I think it's like what four out of the five events or five out of the six events count towards your AOI. Yeah. I haven't really looked into the Hobie one. Just I have no intention of fishing it. So, well, I I pay attention to this stuff because I'm yeah, in the yeah. kayak fishing industry, right? Like, and it, it's hard not to see it when you know people you follow on social media talk about it. But that I know they changed the format this year because there was a lot of complaints that it was only three out of out of five or three out of six scores counted towards your AOI. Um, and now they've changed it so you can only miss one event. Um, and then the rest of your scores for the season count towards AOI. It's going to make it a lot tougher. It's going to yeah. make, you know, that that division line a lot harder to get it's, into. It's and, also going to make it worth it, worth it more for the guys who are out there grinding every single exactly, tournament. exactly the guys that are going from from event to event to event. Now, the unfortunate thing of that is, is like in, in Hobie's kind of been looked at as like this prestige, uh, prestigious trail, which I totally agree with, man. They, again, AJ's done an awesome job. It's a high, higher entry fee tournament compared to like the KBF trail series. Um, uh, you know, so you really have to have the time and the money to put in to chase that you know what i mean to to make it into that toc to make it that aoy you know title um so it's going to make it tough in in what i think it's going to do it's going to force a lot of anglers to wake up and really look at the bigger picture and be looking at you know paid sponsorships how do i get those because like unless they're got some like six-figure job with endless weeks of vacation or like in my old position own their own business you know with disposable income like then they can go chase that you know what i mean so i think it's going to make it tough like people are going to have to decide like do i take my family on a vacation this year or do i go chase down this little kayak fishing dream you know yeah so 
it'll it'll be uh i'm curious to see how that all plays out this year man uh because i think some hearts are going to be broken but you know on the flip side uh i think it's an awesome thing for our sport because it's raising the bar it's making people make that choice of like do i have a shot at doing this you know it's also starting to become more of a professional thing versus a weekend angler thing for for certain tournament trails totally totally agree man um yeah i mean especially with bass in the picture now and and uh you know hobie doing what they're doing kbf has stepped up their game quite a bit as well so you know it's uh it's definitely raising the bar for the sport overall i totally agree with that yeah i mean you're seeing almost i mean there's tons of these bass guys now who are fishing out of kayaks yeah yeah, I seen yeah. Uh, just a couple weeks ago, Brandon Polinick yeah, got the old town, you know, and talking about how it's different and how it changes his fishing and helps him with his elite series tournaments. Yeah, I mean, you've seen that man, like Dave Lefebvre won that event mm-hmm. up on Erie. Uh, Brian Latimer's always out in a in a kayak. Mike Iconelli, yeah. you know, in a Hobie, um, and he won that bass <laughs> event last year. So. And that, and he said that that win was one of the most meaningful things. Yeah, too, and, and especially for that year, you know, like he he requalified through the opens last year, but he said that bass win out of a kayak meant more to him. You know what I mean? Like that's pretty freaking huge, man. Um, when you got a, a a fishing superstar like Mike Iaconelli saying that, like that, yeah, does someone who literally changed the sport. Yeah, it does yeah. great things for the sport, you know. So, yeah, I know we got off topic there, but it's great conversation either way. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and like, I, I love diving thing. into that. Like, I know I spun that in a million different directions, <laughs> but like, you know, it's that's you know, again, title of your podcast is mindset. That's my mindset on all that stuff yeah you know, that's yeah. how it all I mean, works this for me. is this is how it's been going yeah. the last few episodes we start with one thing and we <laughs> but it's it's a good thing because it's great and, conversation and people need to hear it yeah for sure man you know? and, that, and, and that's the thing like i'm not saying my way is the right way right like everybody's got their own <clears throat> derivatives in what they want out of this you know what i mean they're the the sport the tournament fishing all that stuff like I got friends, man. They're like tournaments. Like, what the hell is wrong with you, dude? Like Brad Hicks. You know, you go and try. Well, and Brad Hicks is full of shit too, because like he'll fish his local club events and do awesome, and then be like, "Yeah, I don't want to fish the championship, but I'm leading AOI." Like he legitimately did that, and yeah. and that was because like I compare Brad to a punk rocker. He acts yeah. like he doesn't care, but he really does. Yeah. You know, but. Um, everybody's different dude everybody gets something different out of fishing kayak fishing competitive fishing like and that's the thing too like right uh i uh had a long conversation with uh jay randall i'm like you know going back to like what do i have to prove like my sponsors aren't gonna drop me because i'm not out there on the tournament trail yeah. they they sponsor me for other reasons and like you know, that's the thing. If you want to, like, make your way into the fishing community, right, and, like, or, or or the fishing world, 
you know, business wise, career wise, things like that. Like you and I have had this conversation, yep. you know, you got to find your niche and you got to like dive in on that niche and put all your effort towards that instead of trying to spread it across the board. You know what I mean? So like, that's the thing. Like I go out and fish tournaments now just for fun. Like back in 2019, I was trying to make a name for myself. I was trying to make a name for this podcast and, uh, and it worked like, look where we're at now compared to where paddle and Finn was in beginning of 2019, you know, like nobody knew about paddle and Finn really. So, you know, I had ulterior motives back in 2019 versus fast forward to 2022. I could care less if I won a championship. <laughs> I mean, I shouldn't say that. Like, if I if I won a tournament, like, dude, that would be one of the happiest days of my life. Don't get me wrong. Like, yeah, I've always, I mean, we all. I've always wanted to win an event. I've come close many times. Like, who cares if I win, though? Right? Like, um, it is what it is. But yeah, I I see your point there, though, because it's like. You're doing it now for fun versus and, – and I feel like when you go out there doing it for fun, you sometimes actually end up doing better than if you take it too seriously. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne. Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Right, right. (laughs) And that's just it, man. Like, it was so stressful in 2019, man. I was traveling by myself. I didn't know a lot of these road anglers. It's one of the the loneliest things you could do, man. Right. To truck driving, because that's what you're basically doing. And and see, like, I I come from, my old man was a truck driver. He owned his own truck. So was mine. I've I've been around truckers my entire life, right? And and that's the thing, dude. Like, you can ask my wife. I I love being on the road. Like, I'll drive. When I went to Kissimmee, I left work. I got up Tuesday morning at 5 a.m., loaded my truck, went to work, worked till 4.30 in the afternoon, drove straight through the night to get to to Kissimmee, Florida by 12.30. I took a one-hour nap in a rest area and, uh, like, might have slept a half hour of that. And uh, I was just so amped up and wanted to get out on the water and fish. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know... in 2019 like there was a stretch where i was on the road for like 14 days or something like that 15 i don't remember dude and i was all by myself i didn't know anybody at these events nothing and it it was super lonely and i told my wife like halfway through it i'm like i'm ready to come home like she's like what do you mean i'm like dude i wake up in the morning i go straight to the bolt ramp i fish till dark i come back i cook myself dinner 
and then like i'm here by myself and i'm talking to you and then i'm gonna go to bed and i'm gonna get up and do it all over again mm-hmm. and a good good friend of mine like that used to fish the walleye circuits you know he told me the same thing he's like you think i'm on vacation he's like fishing is work you know he's like you just go out fishing with me when we're out fishing for fun catching catching walleyes for food and you know cackling it up but you know in reality it's like a job and, and it really is and that was a huge one of the hardest working jobs man yeah it's like... it's tough man like people are always like to me like fishing so hard ha, ha, ha. and i'm like dude have you ever gone and grounded out for fucking six days straight like for a tournament like go do it and then come back and tell me it's not work you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. There's there's times last year, and I didn't. I wasn't even out there six, seven days straight. You know, I get there Thursday morning, fish Thursday, Friday tournament, Saturday. By yeah. Sunday, I didn't want to see the kayak or anything, man. Yeah, exactly, dude. <laughs> like, yeah. but I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, you can't overdo it because then, like, it, it. I mean, some people it it turns them off and it uh, and it drives them away from this. When they try to dive in too heavy and like they think they know what they're in for, but they're not. And I'm not trying to steer anybody away from tournament fishing. I'm just saying, like, know what you're in for. <laughs> know that it's going to be a grind. It's not like going out with your buddy on the water on a Sunday, you know, and fishing all day. It's mm-hmm. when you do that sun up to sundown, you know, five days in a row, you feel like you've been thrown down a mountain. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, and, I um, totally agree. Thrown down a mountain, <laughs> not only not only physically, but mentally, mentally, right? Because yeah, you, you know how it is, man. Your your brain is constantly like, all right, I, you know, you're in fine fish mode. All right, I just fish this, so I shouldn't fish this type of stuff. And then I should go check this out, and I got to go check this out. Uh, maybe I need to change this bait, or move to this bait, or move to this point, or do this, or do that, like it's it's all of like you got this lake that's the big plan right and and the tournament is the big plan now you got to focus that in to a a hundredth of that size to where yeah you know you're all right i gotta find this type of water use this type of bait to catch these types of fish you know so yeah i know i remember it being on that wisconsin tournament last year Two days of practice with one fish, and I was just—I yeah. didn't know what to do. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough, man. Like it, you know. I—I I remember, uh, I remember talking to you when I came in for check-in that that Friday night. You're like, "Are you on him?" I'm like, "No." Like, <laughs> but see, like I've had situations like that where I've had a horrible practice, and then come tournament day, you know, I kind of put it together, <laughs> you know. uh the night before tournament day and i'm like all right well i did catch a fish or two in these types of areas just got to go fish that tomorrow and it ended up okay i've had that tournament i think it was the last like kind of tournament that i took serious was that one in wisconsin on fox lake and i I forget what that club is called it's like wisconsin kayak club or uh, midwest kayak midwest kayak english yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah. what it is. Uh, Sunny, is it Sunny that runs that? Or I'm not sure. They're out of Milwaukee. 
or I money. Think. Yeah, money, right? Is the dude's name? Um, good group of guys, man. Uh, enjoyed fishing that event. Jacob Ruff up in Waukesha, like, talked me into coming up and fishing it. I didn't know anything about the lake, never seen it before, never fished it before. I just showed up tournament morning and was like, all right. And, uh, you know, I talked to Jacob because he had been pre-fishing. He's like, just throw a black and blue jackhammer. You'll be all right. And I was like, okay, that's what I did. And <laughs> I caught caught some nice fish, caught some really nice pike too, and uh, and had a good time. And like I said, I think I fished like eighth or something like that, seventh. I don't know. Um, but it, it was a unique tournament. Never f- pre-fished or nothing. Just showed up at the ramp looked at navionics and was like all right i'm gonna go fish this you know and it worked out and again i've driven 18 and a half hours and went and fished a buttload of water and thought i had it dialed in and only caught one fish tournament day kissemi you know so you know it's one of those things dude like it's not always going to go your way you just gotta kind of cross your fingers and toes and hope it does (laughs) yeah yeah. Definitely, because I remember, like, I, I had one fish in in Wisconsin going into tournament day, and uh, Titus was filming at the boat dock, and he's like, "How do you think you're gonna do today?" And I was like, "I don't know." He's like, "Well, what are you gonna do?" I said, "I see lily pads. I got a frog. I'm just gonna figure it out." Yeah, like, <laughs> I ended up catching three. I had that. I should have had a limit. It was my fault why I lost the other fish, but I ended up catching four that day. Yeah. I should have had a limit. <clears throat> that just goes to show, like, you know, it, even if your practice is tough, like, you can still pull out a nice bag yeah. tournament day. Like, <clears throat> you, you know, that's the thing. Like, pre-fishing to me isn't, like, necessarily finding fish. It's eliminating water to fish. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you can eliminate <laughs> all that water... And then all you have left is this little chunk over here. Well, guess what? That little chunk should hold those fish. So I'm going there tomorrow. And, you know, sure enough, you pull out a bag. You yeah. Know? So yeah. It, it's it's cool, man. I dig that. I dig it when it, it happens that way. I know, like, it sounds kind of stupid, but, like, and I'm usually... Well, it's, it's... I'm usually sh- in the moment. Yeah, I'm usually <laughs> stressing out, shitting my pants, like, what the hell did I get myself in for? And then come tournament day, you're like, damn i'm glad i came here yep. see i'm the man i figured it out you know <laughs> like but it's uh it's one of those things dude it, and and i've had the opposite right i've gone pre-fishing and it was actually on madison chain gone pre-fishing and like was catching fish hand over fist and i'm like i need to get out of here like this is going to be my spot for tournament day and went back there tournament day and just smashed him and and had an awesome finish you know yeah so i mean i've had to go all ways you know and um it i mean you just can't give up that's that's the biggest key unless you want to save a vacation day (laughs) (laughs) yeah i definitely agree there and like that's that's what i say i just go especially on those bad practice days you gotta go out and just have fun with it yeah yeah i mean it's that saying right like a bad day on the water beats a good day at the office right you got to be grateful for being out there on the water just enjoying what you love to do you know whereas there was points in time where i used to just stress out about like i'm not catching fish like you know did i lose my touch my horrible fisherman like 
no, you can't think that way, man. You know, you just got to go at it. Like yeah. I, like I said in the last show we did, dude, like I'm a huge head case and like that's my biggest problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like for me, like with my very first ever tournament a couple years ago was, you know, I could go out on the kayak or anything, catch a bunch of fish, just having fun. And then when it came to that tournament, I completely lost control. Like I said, I think on the very first Mindset podcast, where I ended up catching zero because it gets in your head. Yeah. That yeah. It's a tournament. It's for money. It's this, it's that. Yeah. You, your brain shuts down and you forget <laughs> yeah. how to fish. You're not fishing. Yeah. You're like thinking about like, well, I need to get my entry fee back or like, you know, I'm not going to be able to eat. I'm going to be eating ramen all week because mm-hmm. I just paid an entry fee to get into this tournament. You know what I mean? Like, I get that for sure. Yeah, it's, it's a totally different viewpoint versus just going out and fun fishing this this is i'm I'm gonna throw a question at you because uh jimmy and i talked about it like a little bit what's your uh what's your favorite like lunchtime like snack or sandwich you like to have like while you're on the road pre-fishing or during the tournament for me i don't i don't eat while i'm fishing not at all like well, may, what if you're a, pre-fishing in like moving spots? You like making a sandwich? I will. I won't make a sandwich. I what what I did last year was, I would get off the water. I would kind of plan a time like I'm gonna get off at eleven twelve, go get something to eat, and then get back on the water in a different spot, and fish sure. that. That was for me. But when it came to tournament day, I was kind of just focused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um i well jimmy was uh turkey sandwich i was peanut butter and jelly yeah i see and i would do the peanut butter and jelly jimmy, like, that's one thing strawberry this year. strawberry or grape jelly that'd probably be strawberry that's my man that's yeah. my man because jimmy was like dude what the hell's wrong with you you've had like four peanut butter and jelly sandwiches a day every day and i'm like dude the only time i eat pb and j is when i'm on the road fishing <laughs> mm-hmm. well it's inexpensive yeah exactly and and it's technically somewhat healthy for you it's giving you the the protein and the carbs from the peanut butter right so, right <laughs> i know gerald swindle talks about that a lot he stops fishing no matter what what uh tournament wise or anything he'll stop fishing midday eat his peanut butter and jelly sandwich (laughs) well like everybody's got like these uh these uh goofy like things that they do on the water like alan reed um he uh used to get the like five pack of hostess like chocolate covered donuts yeah and he would stick them in his kayak but he wasn't allowed to eat them till he got his limit of fish and once he got his limit of fish he would stop fishing and eat his donuts yeah, I would so, have been in trouble last year. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I I've done that a couple times with them, and that was always fun and cool. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, everybody has their thing. I think this year though, I want to focus more on you know, making sure I'm hydrated, making sure I, I am eating something, because I feel like towards the end of the day, I'm completely drained. And I yep. feel like that's part of it. It's huge, man. It, it's <clears throat> definitely huge, and uh, I mean, we can go down a whole rabbit hole with that. But oh, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I totally agree. Totally agree. Like, I always try to like pack some jerky or 
something. I always have water on the kayak to drink and I always probably have two thermoses of coffee, which isn't the best thing in the world, but like, you know, um, it's, it's good to have something to snack on, especially when you're doing those all day, all day, like pre-fishing runs. Oh yeah, for sure. I agree with that. Um, I've been going on for an hour. I know you've had a busy day. Yeah, dude, this is, uh, this is podcast number two tonight. Yeah. And podcast number four for the week. Yeah. <laughs> so among uh, other things. But yeah. Yeah. So uh final thoughts. Um, I would say what would you give to the angler who struggles in a tournament like you did this past past tournament? What would you say is the best way to move on and move forward from that? Just I uh, I mean the biggest thing, man, is uh don't let it get to you. Everybody's going to have a bad event. Just look forward to the next one and, and, and reflect back on like what happened at that event. Was it something out of your control? Like for instance, for me, this past event, like I contribute my failures to the wind, right? Like, so what I should have been focusing on because we all knew the the wind was going to be crazy and the weather was going to be crazy. I should have found more protected spots during pre-fishing to fish during the tournament, I think is, is one thing. Right. So like kind of learn my lesson from that. And, and I'm usually one that tries to find three spots. And unfortunately all my spots were affected by the wind. Right. Which was kind of dumb on my part. And I realize that and it is what it is. But, um, and, and sometimes that, that stuff is out of your control. Like you're going to find this hole that like, holds these huge fish and then you have these winds like we did down there and you're not going to be able to get to that spot so always have a backup plan learn from what you did and know that like everybody has a bad tournament like when i was just scrolling through the standings right to make sure that like they didn't double enter my fish because i was about to message them and be like yo this is wrong like as much as i'd like the extra (laughs) aoi points like this is wrong but like I looked at, uh, when I was scrolling through, I noticed Gene Jensen only caught three fish. I think Jody Queen only had like one or two fish. And Jody does awesome at that tournament every year. So, like, even the best struggle, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's also an angler on that scoreboard or leaderboard that struggled. You know, it sometimes it's not just you. You know, like, you have these tournaments where you're bad. And you have guys that will come down and just crush them anyways. Like, that's going to happen. Know it's going to happen. Don't beat yourself up about it. Learn from your mistakes. And, and and that's the thing, right? Like, I've always talked about, like, I learn at least one new thing every single trip out on the water. And I agree with that statement. And, and at least one thing, right? And, like, yeah. you should do the same with... Um, your tournaments right like tournaments are a different animal it's not just going out and fun fishing learn something new from that tournament like having a backup spot having extra baits or having two rods rigged up with the same bait you know like things like that like you're gonna learn just learn from your mistakes just brush the dust off your shoulders get up and keep going at it you know like it it can only get better you know and and 
when you listen to these podcasts, like I've done numerous, I don't even know how many podcasts now, right? But like a lot of them, I've talked to some of the best anglers in the country, let alone the world. And their biggest uh, contribution to their success is time on the water. So just get out there, fish, and put your time in and and figure out those fish, how they eat, how they live, where they live, and all that good stuff. And just keep grinding it out, and you will get there. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's uh, one thing I talked about in the last podcast I did was, you know, time on the water and figuring the fish out is more important than anything that you can buy as yeah. far as gear, uh, you know, electronics, boats. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah. Heck yeah, man. Like, that's the thing. Like, look at perfect example, Drew Gregory. He tries. Yeah. I, I talked to him on the phone today. And, like, when I got into this game, I idolized Drew. Now the dude calls me on the phone out of the blue. And I'm like, Drew Gregory's gone. Okay. But he's one of the most simplistic guys when it comes to tournament fishing. Most of the time, he's grabbing a light boat, a paddle, two or three rods, and a few baits. And he's going out and just absolutely crushing the competition you know like you don't need the latest and greatest in order to win a tournament like we were just <laughs> talking about on the og show you know like do you need live scope or, or 360 view from hummingbird things like that in order to be successful no absolutely not look at drew Guy never fishes with electronics usually anyways. He's usually in some backwater skinny creek that he had to, like, you know, jump off a cliff and throw his kayak <laughs> off of to get down to the water and, like, found the fish. Like, you know, it, it, everybody's got a different style of fishing. Just, again, focus on your strengths, go after it, and get her done, you know. Absolutely. We'll end it on that. Hell, yeah. I appreciate you joining me, especially Anytime, as late as it is tonight. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll end it here. I appreciate everyone watching and listening. And remember to sign up for the it's the fantasy fishing on the Paddle and Fin Network, right? Yep. You can go to paddle paddleandfin.com forward slash fantasy. All the rules, the infos there, the link to sign up. Uh, some cool prizes given away the season split into four quarters. So, you know, and uh, the overall season. So, um, you know, you got a chance every few events to win some cool stuff. And uh, it's brought to you by the good folks at Pelican. And then, uh, you know, like Chris said before, uh, get signed up for the Dale hollow event. All the info for that will be in the show notes down below. And, uh, you know, we hope to see a bunch of folks down there. Uh, had a great turnout last year. Everybody had an amazing time. We're continuing to uh, host that event down there at Eastport Marina on beautiful Dale Hollow Lake. And, uh, yeah, 
looking forward to uh, seeing everybody down there. A lot of our hosts are going to be there. I know Chris said he's going to be there. I'm going to be there and a, a lot of the rest of the crew. So it should be a good time. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. Looking yeah. forward to open water. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, buddy. All right, man. In the meantime, we'll stick to the hard water, my man. Yeah. Have a good night. See you. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle and Finn. Don't forget to go check out our website at paddle, the letter N, and fin.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Finn. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Finn on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler, the Angler Button, and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in Northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com.